Graceful, playful, and tough, the gray whale is a beloved icon of the Pacific coast. Their annual migration from the waters off Alaska to Baja California is one of the longest undertaken by any mammal, a journey that has happened for thousands of years. But in the past couple of years, fewer gray whales have done the trip. These magnificent giants are dying in numbers unseen in decades. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today's Thursday, August 5th, 2021. Mexico sues American gun manufacturers, accusing them of helping fuel Mexico's narco violence. Following the example of New York City, Los Angeles considers requiring proof of COVID-19 vaccinations for people to go to indoor restaurants, gyms, and even sporting events. And Forbes magazine has deemed Rihanna a billionaire. Fenty forever, folks. Respect. Today, we get into this mass die-off. Since the start of 2019, more than 480 gray whales have washed up along the beaches of North America. Is it climate change that's affecting gray whales, natural causes, or something else? Our guest today is LA Times investigative reporter Suzanne Rust. She, along with staff photographer Carolyn Cole, tracked the plight of the gray whale along its 5,000-mile migration. Suzanne, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Out here in Southern California, we're pretty familiar with the gray whale. There's boat tours devoted to them when they pass by during our winter. Boaters see them, sometimes surfers. But for everyone else, describe how they look and what makes them so memorable. Well, they're very large, like many of the whales out there. They're not as big as a blue whale, but they're a good 40 feet. So, uh, you know, big semi or something. And they are gray, which is where they get their name. Uh, They often have a ton of barnacles on them. So it generally happens is every year they go up to the Arctic, right? In the Bering Sea, North Bering Sea, up to the Chukchi Sea. And that's where they get all of their food for the year. They go and snack, like they, they binge feed like crazy, right? And they get these little shrimp and they fill up their bellies and they get really, really fat. And then probably be starting October, November, they head down and some of the females who were impregnated the year before will actually give birth on the way down, sort of as they pass California, maybe Oregon. And then they get down into these lagoons in Baja where they just hang out. It's like a protected area. The water is warm. They don't have to worry about orcas coming in. And so moms can either give birth there or a big nursery. Um, And then some singles will also come down to Mexico, go to these (laughs) singles hangouts, uh, and you'll have a little cavorting going on as well. And they're legendary for like popping up, like face first, kind of like they're looking around, seeing what's up and then just jumping back down. Yeah. So when they go up on their migration, they kind of just move along. Uh, If it's a mom and her calf, they look out for orcas, hoping none come nearby. But generally, they keep their nose down. Every once in a while, they come up and splash. But if you have the opportunity to go see them down in Baja, uh, which is where they go spend their winters, they are incredible. They come up to boats, they stick their heads out, they smile, um, or they look like they're smiling. You get all sorts of folks down there. You get people who go there for the religious experience that the whales bring to them. We had people cry. We had people sing. We had people dancing on the boats. It's it's really it's really quite a scene. Come here. 
And it's interesting because usually when we think of whales, we just think of literally from the Bible, leviathans, huge, scary things. But here you have something that's just popping up, hanging out with people almost. Well, yeah, these whales had been hunted during the period of time, you know, the 1800s, early 1900s, when there was commercial whaling. You quote this essay in your story, that, oh, just such a heartbreaking passage about these whale calves would circle around the ships that killed their mothers until the poor calves would either starve or killer whales would devour them. And clearly they got a little bit defensive. So they would go down to these lagoons in Baja and boats would approach them and they'd be very angry about it. And so for years and years and years, the local fishermen down in Baja would call them the devil fish. You know, they had gotten to uh, commercially extinct levels. But then in 1972, the U.S. got the Marine Mammal Protection Act. In fact, it's a great story. So these these whales, they began to grow. The population began to come in. The fishermen would see more and more of them in the lagoon. And after that, headlines around the world. The California gray whale becomes the first marine creature to be taken off the endangered species list since the list was drawn in 1973. Luis Schiavone, Washington. That actually helped launch the tourism industry, like in Baja. And one of the people you talked to was Ranulfo Mayoral. So Ranulfo uh, is the son of Pachico Mayoral. He is the lead guide down there. And he uh, had been watching the whales since he was a little kid. He's 56 years old now. So wait, tell me though. So your dad apparently was the first guy who ever pet a whale in the lagoon? Yeah, he, well, probably somebody could touch the whale, but in that, not in the same way that my father did, because he did in a more like a, a friendly encounter, you know? And for example, there was like a, a little touch like this. Pachico Mayoral sort of realized uh, that these whales were friendly and soon, you know, some intrepid biologists, um, outdoors types started looking them up, um, coming down to his house um, in Laguna San Ignacio. Uh, and heading out in a boat with him. And of course, not long after these sorts of things begin, word got out. And now thousands of people go every year. One time I took a picture, it's a boat, and the whales getting close to the boat with the mouth open. I can see seven people in the boat. But when the whales get to the boat, the second shot was only three people, the other four went into the mouth of the whale. What? <laughs> yeah. Twenty twenty was the year after the die-off had begun. He he said he had not seen anything quite like it. Uh, twenty years before, there had been a similar die-off, but um, this this one really really struck home because the whales were just washing up in the beaches around there, in numbers he couldn't remember. We'll have more after this break. Suzanne, before this break, we were speaking about how Mayoral was seeing all these dead whales, and this is actually part of something bigger. At least 480 gray whales have been found dead, you know, along their migration route from Alaska down to Baja, California, and 69 beached whales alone in California. Why is this worrying scientists? First of all, those are the, just the ones we see on the shore. Um, it's estimated that's a very small percentage of whales that actually die. Most are probably dying at sea, sinking, going offshore. So they think there are thousands more which have died. It's really concerning to science when animals suddenly start to die and they don't know why. So right here we have a dead gray whale. 
Um, it's been here about a month, so it's pretty rank standing here right now. So why this whale died, we don't know, but we'll be talking to researchers and f trying to find out more about all of these unexplained deaths. So what happens when they start one of these investigations is they start looking at the dead bodies and trying to figure out what has killed this whale and try to put together patterns and trends. It's really difficult to figure out what killed even one whale? Because you get a body on the shore, it's probably been dead for a week or a few days. Very few come on shore, which are actually fresh. And then sort of going from there, like if you see blunt trauma on it, was it just that it got hit by a ship or was something internal happening before it was hit by a ship? Was it already sick? Was it dazed because of a loud sound? The pandemic sort of threw a monkey wrench in the whole thing, right? They had a year where they couldn't get out and look at the whales, and they are only just starting to get to the pathology reports and the lab samples that they took. But they really want to figure it out because, number one, they hope this isn't a trend that's going to continue year on from here and that it's just a, it's a short-lived thing. In addition to dying, these gray whales start looking and behaving differently, like markedly so. Yeah, so they're really incredible feeders. They have baleen, like really thick baleen, and they have these long jaws. And what they do is they actually go scooping when, when they're in the Arctic through the top of the sediment, and they just pick it all up, and then they flush it all the water and the sand out, but they keep the little shrimpy kinds of things inside. Part of their migration, right, is this trip up to the Bering Sea and the Chukchi Sea, and that's where they fill their bellies. The story had been for years and years and years when scientists watched them. They did all of their eating during these summer months up in the Arctic. And to see them feeding anywhere else was really unusual. What's been happening these past couple of years is people have been seeing them feeding everywhere, right? They've been coming into San Francisco Bay, which is really, really, really unusual, going through the sediment, almost like they're looking for food in there. And these are skinny whales that are doing it. They're doing it in Long Beach Harbor. You also met Stephen Swartz, a researcher with the Laguna San Ignacio Ecosystem Science Program. When they lose their body fat, you start to see the skull emerging and all that fat disappears, so they have like a depression behind the blowhole. And then, as it gets extreme, instead of you're looking at them from the tail towards the head, mm -hmm. instead of the body being convex like that, it gets concave, and the spinal column becomes like a string of beads. There was another mass die-off of gray whales in the late 90s and early 2000s. What makes this one different? 20 years ago, it was really interesting, and it's sort of almost counterintuitive. Scientists were worried at that time that there was actually too much ice, right? We went through a cold snap, and so suddenly, like, Arctic ice had come down much further than it usually did. And they were worried that what had happened was that it was interfering with the whale's ability to get food where they usually did. This time, it's different. Arctic ice is not an issue. It's been receding, and that's been a trend that's been going on for years. And what scientists have noticed is that the food that they typically eat, these little shrimp-like things that live in the sediment, has decreased substantially. There are very few of these little shrimp left. And so what the whales seem to be doing is going beyond the area where they fed, sort of further north and further east, and eating there. And they're not eating the same species of amphipods, these little shrimp-like creatures. And it's unclear if they have the same nutritive value, but clearly something is happening with the food supply. Most experts I spoke to um, said that this is a really hardy whale, and they have a lot of hope and a lot of faith that the whale is going to rebound from whatever is happening. You know, if, if any whale can do it, it will be the gray whale. 
from you know swimming through fishing nets through going around wind turbines from trying to get out of you know, 200,000 ton cargo boats who are you know streaming from one side of the ocean to another you know to plastic pollution that they will inadvertently uh, suck up as they're looking for shrimp um, you know, diseases that are going from animal to animal or getting flushed down into the water from our septic systems. It just goes on and on, not to mention the, their, you know, natural threats that are out there. I mean, there are hungry orca who are just waiting for them at every turn. There's a lot of change in the ocean. We're seeing not just gray whales, we're seeing all whales sort of respond to these huge environmental alterations happening around them. Bowhead whales usually went to the same place every year up in the Arctic at the same time to feed. Last year, they didn't even show up. Orcas in Puget Sound are starving, and I think everybody's hoping the animals will figure it out, will pull together, but there's a lot of concern too. I mean, we're living in a really changed world. Thank you so much for this interview, Suzanne. All right, thank you for having me. Everyone, check out her story in the amazing drone and underwater footage and photography shot by LA Times photographer Carolyn Cole at latimes.com. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, the one-year anniversary of a massive explosion in Beirut. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn and Denise Guerra. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb. Our intern is Ashley Brown, and our theme music is by Andrew Eaton. I'm Gustavo Arellano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and desmadre. Gracias. Gracias.